0: Realtor Deb Tomorrow.
1: Hi, I'm Deb Tomorrow. I am a realtor. <laughs> text messages came across that I was trying to. This is what my, I think I've had 72 text messages in the past two hours. That's all. That's so like, yeah, I had a meeting for like 45 minutes. I got out and there were 16 messages. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, so, Karen, anyways, I got distracted because Karen,
2: best damn letter in the state of Indiana and the, uh, Best damn meme texter. No, that's not a meme. That is something that I found (laughs) I found online. Mm. And I decided I'm going to save that one to my phone. (laughs) And when it's when it's appropriate, I will share it with those that I love. Okay. Probably not. Ten seconds right before they go on. Right, exactly. So I'm all distracted.
1: Like, what is that person doing? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we are on it today. So I am dubbed tomorrow. T O M A R O, as my mother says. Spell it. Uh, so, you can find me on Facebook and other social medias except Instagram. Although, I do need to log on. Uh, when is it? On the 28th, I think, because June 28th, that'll be when you from the last time I logged on to Instagram.
2: Is that what it told you? <laughs>
1: Yeah, somebody told me, looked at it, and they said, oh, last time you logged on was June 28th. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. So, anyways, need to get on top of that. But uh, Facebook is a great way to find me, and we'll post some great links today as we talk about our topic, uh, which we're going to try. It's one of those that you can spin really negative, so we're going to try and not spin it negative. But uh, deals do fall apart. When you're trying to sell or buy, and we're going to talk about what happens when that happens, uh, how you should react, how you can prevent it, how you can move forward, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but first, I had some other things, obviously, that I wanted to share. Did you do anything exciting this weekend? It was Father's Day weekend, so happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there.
2: I did not do anything very exciting. I went mm-hmm. to the Taste of Bloomington. Now, it's always fun. Everybody's yes. there, right? I, I guess. I did, honestly didn't really see any. Really? I yeah, I saw mm-hmm. our friends, Bailey, and oh, yeah. the babies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, see, I don't usually go to that
1: because I don't like to like stand up and eat. Yeah. I want to sit down and enjoy my food. I don't want to like stand up and wander in the heat and be sweaty and try to cut something, but I can't because I'm holding it. In we my enjoyed hand.
2: it. It was the second year we took our youngest son. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to listen to the live music now. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Headbangers ball. Yes.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I had, uh, I had a big Sunday night. I haven't posted about it on Facebook yet.
2: Uh oh, what happened? But I
1: will. Okay. Well, you know what's coming up on Friday? The mm, uh, one year? Uh, no. Um, no. Nope. It's the puppy's second birthday. Oh. Uh, PJ and Oliver 32. turned two. I know. They're so that can't old. Be. I know. So we had a puppy party. Okay. Um, because those are the kind of people we are and you're totally welcome to make fun of me and I really don't care. I had a client call me Saturday night Well, he emailed me, he goes, it was about 730 on a Saturday night. He goes, is it okay if I call you? I was like, sure. I'm just baking cupcakes for my puppy's birthday party. <laughs> he was like, um, okay. Well, at least it's not a cat in a suit. Yes, you know, that's dressing true. A I know, cat I'm not dressing in a blazer, my cat up, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so anyways, uh, we, we had cake and I do want to post the cake recipe, Rachel. I'll have to get that to you mm-hmm. because the puppies loved it. Okay. I will say that what we dealt with Monday, the day after they ate the cake, wasn't as pleasant. But the cake was tasty. It was peanut butter and applesauce and pumpkin puree. I think the pumpkin did them in the next day. Um, but they all enjoyed it. it had frosting. Greek yogurt and peanut butter I decorated it with little miniature milk bone bone, dog bones it just sounds we sang happy birthday (laughs) I'm
2: like trying not to throw up in my mouth right now
1: (laughs) and we had little but they enjoyed it matching bandanas well their friends uh, Toby and Chauncey came over oh so we had the five dogs and four adults Um, but it was really fun so anyways last night I was sending an email out to the Board of Realtors to talk about a house I had available. It's not listed. It's what we call a one show. And it's just available for sale. And I usually try to make my emails a little funny or a little... I don't know. Like light-hearted? light-hearted okay. you know, because I want people to open them and be like, oh, it's another email from Deb. What's she up to? <laughs> you know, kind of thing or whatever. So I always try to say something. And I was writing this email last night and I was like, I, I got nothing. Like I just couldn't conjure up anything that was witty or, you know, I, I had nothing. And I was like... I have puppy birthday pictures. (laughs) So along with the pictures of the house that I included in the email, I included a puppy birthday picture with an explanation at the end of the email that said, if you've read this far, I thank you. And the best way to say thank you is pictures of puppies. So here you go. And I will tell you, I have three showings on that house today. That's awesome! I have to pay a referral fee to the puppies now.
2: I was gonna say, I'm surprised that you know maybe the board office didn't like send you a reminder on what the etiquette is. I know I'm probably gonna get my hands. Do you ever do whatever. that? Like we used to send stuff as as a as the uh, you know from our office mm-hmm. uh, from Ruoff, or not just Ruoff, anywhere I've ever worked. We'd send something and then I don't know about five minutes later there'd be an email mm-hmm. and I from the board uh, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's from the email I just sent. Like right sent to the wrong email group right so well yeah we we definitely have that sometimes but you can't say no to puppies you
1: can't I mean really it's just you know a reward for people and I had a few people just say thank you for the puppy pictures no interest in the house but thank you for the puppy (laughs) pictures so there you go they bring joy everywhere they go so we will put some birthday party pictures up Uh, it was tricky to get all of them in one spot we tried to take a picture of all five of them and that was a lost cause I bet yeah, but uh, we had a good time of that. Um, and I also wanted to give a shout out to um, someone who's going to be on TV tonight. Have you seen this on Facebook? I don't mm-hmm. know if you are. Our mutual client, Jill, mm-hmm. her niece, Haley, is appearing on Chopped Junior's champion you talked about this so she was on it several months ago she was on chopped the food network tv show chopped uh she was on the show and she's probably like 11 maybe she's little she Mm. wears a big bow in her hair um and uh, and she won and they went back and asked like they have 50 chopped Winners, mm-hmm. and they ask like sixteen of them to come back and do a champion show. So there's four rounds. If if you know, the, know don't know the way it works, they do. Um, they start with four contestants. And they get a basket of mystery ingredients, and they have to cook an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert with, you know, those weird ingredients. And they're always, like, really weird, like an ice cream sundae and some escargot, and, it, you know, like, really disgusting okay. things put together. Um, and uh, so, anyways, uh, she has been – so, their show is on tonight for her like semi-final. And then if she wins that, she would go to the finals oh, with some exciting. giant prize or whatever. Um, so anyways, very exciting. So I promised that I would get a shout out to Haley, but I was dying because Jill, our mutual f- uh, client has been hosting on Facebook. So I knew it was coming up. Uh, and usually in the evenings, I kind of have a little wind down time. I check my important websites, which are TMZ mm-hmm. people magazine and <laughs> us magazine. Okay. Uh, And as I was checking Us Magazine, they had an article about uh, the Chopped Juniors show that was in a picture of Haley. And so I had to post it on Jill's Facebook page. And I was like, well, if she wasn't famous before, she is now because she's in the tabloids." (laughs) I'm like, that's pretty awesome. She's from uh, Evansville down south from here. So anyway, so tune in tonight on Food Network. At eight o'clock Eastern time, and cheer on our Haley. Uh, we're going to be watching it, and we're just going to be nervous as I will get out. But we wish her well. Um, you know, I had I did another exciting thing on Sunday, besides the puppy party. I really had a very productive Sunday. Okay. I cleaned out my bathroom, like head to toe, every square inch went through everything, like old makeup and old hair ties and.
2: I mean, everything. I would be scared to do that. I know I'm, I'm sitting here thinking of underneath my cabinet or underneath my sink. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you remember, but back in February, February 7th, of uh, we did a
1: show with Cheryl. I don't know that you were here oh, that I wasn't one, here. right? So Cheryl Smith with Consider It Done, um, uh, lifestyle transitions, and so she does a lot of um, organizi- organizing for people and mm-hmm. helping them downsize and things like that. And it's funny because she uh, she came in this morning to chat with me for a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, I was channeling you over the weekend." And I was going to talk about you a little bit on the show today, and she kind of happened to show up in my office today. Um, you know, it was it was really <laughs> yours was like why do we have so much trash? And I'm like, because it's pretty much the whole bathroom. (laughs) I mean, I got rid of multiple organizers and baskets and stuff because I had gotten rid of so much stuff and I was like, this is so nice. And my cleaning lady was there today and she was like, oh my gosh, what happened? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know. So I found this and then, of course, you know how you talked about how things pop up in your Facebook feed? Yes. And you're like, wow, that's creepy, like Big Brother's watching? Yeah. So last night on my Facebook feed, 50 things you should throw out right now.
2: I'm telling
1: you. So somebody was, I don't know who knew that they're I was listening. doing that, right? Yeah, they're so listening. So I thought I would give you my top 10-ish or so to inspire you to go through things away. Or recycle them if you can recycle them. Old hair ties, that was a big one for me. because I was collecting all of them and I put all of these... Um, the command hooks mm-hmm. on the back side of my medicine cabinet, so I could hang stuff on there. And I was hanging up on my hair ties, and I would like stretch one out, and it's like like it doesn't stretch back. What? That's the sound effect.
2: The sound it
1: sound makes. effect. Yes. Right. <laughs> and it and I was. So yeah, then you decided, okay, I don't need this hair tie because I would right. have to like you know it doesn't stretch anymore. <laughs> how many? And how many do you really need, anyways?
2: Like three.
1: Three, right? Okay. Um, and then what else in the bathroom? I have a bunch of other stuff too. But um, oh, old makeup. You know, they say you should keep that three months. Seriously, I have makeup in there ten years. Ten mm-hmm. years easily,
2: right? That and nail polish.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. That was another one when it like separates and stuff. And I had some nail polish that I was using recently, but it kept just peeling off in like layers. And I was like, that's probably a sign that it's old. Mirus was like, well, why? Why do you have all that old makeup? I'm like, well, I don't know because I buy it and I don't really like the color. And I don't know if I think like five years from now, maybe I'll like the color because I, I don't. So I threw that away. That was really, really um, liberating. Yeah, the old nail polish was good. Um, travel toiletries. Mm. I had a bunch of like little containers. And then I also have like 67 like empty little containers.
2: I'm sorry. I- I'm thinking, I've been in in your house, in your bathroom, and yeah. you're, you're sounding like you're an episode of Hoarders, and you're not. <laughs> no, but you should see it now. There's, like, nothing. Like, there's nothing.
1: It's awesome. Uh, but then, the rest of this list of the top 50 that I wanted to, I'm not going to go over all 50, but I think Rachel will probably post the list up, because it was good and inspirational, but I wanted to go over them. Some of them were kind of funny, too. They, they recommended Old Spices, um, because at some point, they say it's no longer cinnamon, it's just flavorless dust. <laughs> <laughs> which That's I thought was pretty funny, and I was like, you know, I have some cardamom like that that I used last week and something, and I'm pretty sure I didn't add anything to it because
2: I'm like, what? we have a spice rack that we got 12 years ago when oh, we got Oh, the like married. spinny kind. that Yeah, the kind, pre-stocked. Yeah, 12 that years ago. Someone got as a wedding gift, and there's some that. Uh, we've never used and They're still in there, though. I just leave them in there. <laughs> I know, but they're
1: flavorless dust now. Um, craft supplies from your hobby flings. This may be one of my next purges. I don't have a ton, but I have a bunch of like yarn and knitting needles. And I mean, let's face it. I can make a scarf, and that's about it because it's square. Um, clear florist vases, vases. That's a tough one because you know, any time you get flowers and you get the vase, and it's like, what do you do with it?
2: Yeah.
1: And there's 72,000 of them on the shelves at Goodwill.
2: I have those at my house. Yeah. I don't know what to do with them either.
1: Just give them, let, let them
2: be Goodwill's project. Uh, any plastic container without a lid? N- I never keep those. No? Nope.
1: I would say, unless you're my brother, because do you remember what my nephew did last year? This has nothing to do with real estate, No, but I don't really care. Uh, well, it is. it does have something to do with real estate, because you need to declutter. I'm always talking about decluttering. Mm-hmm. My For April Fool's, my nephew, who was about 12 last year, stole all the Tupperware lids and hid them. I didn't it took him, like, a month to figure out. Like, they walked around for a month, like, where are all the lids? We get, And he would just be over in the corner, like, you know, laughing and whatever. And then finally, like, sometime in May, I think he finally, like, fessed up. He's like, here they are. I stole them. Oh,
2: that's, no, I didn't know. that. Which was
1: hysterical, right? All right. Let's go ahead and take our break because we're up against the timeline. And then we're going to talk about a few more things because I do want to inspire you to declutter. It's something I talk about with my sellers. Uh, pretty much every day. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you
0: interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit Real Real Estate Today Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: All right, welcome back. Before we get started on our main topic, we wanted to talk a little bit about decluttering because it's just something. I think decluttering and pre-listing inspection are probably like the two things that Mm -hmm. I say the most. Like that's become my theme. Um, And so I wanted to talk about some things to just sort of think about decluttering. You know, I was talking with um, Cheryl Smith from Consider It Done, who we've had on the show um, back in February about decluttering and she's helping, she helps people, what was Coincidental too was that last Tuesday after the show, I had to run and pick up Albert at the groomer's. Did you see this? And I w- go into the groomer and Cheryl's in there. And I'm like, what are you, are you dropping off? Are you picking up? Like I thought she had a pet getting groomed or something. She goes, I just cleaned out, I helped people like declutter their house. And she brought over boxes and boxes of paper without, that didn't have sensitive information. And apparently the pet shop, um, it's like a local, not like Puppy Mill Place, was a local pet shop. They shred it and use it for puppy bedding. Ah. As opposed to, like, we used to use newspaper, but yeah. then you kind of get the print on them and stuff. Yeah. Um, plus, nobody has newspapers anymore.
2: See, and so she brings over the papers, and then they shred them. And see, and... I think that you just kept running into her, and it was see serendipitous. Yes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so then that, yeah,
1: inspired me to do some cleanup. But I was talking with Cheryl this morning telling her about this, and I said, you know, I try to, and I always advise my clients to do this they, when they get overwhelmed. I say, just let's figure out how to set the alarm on your phone, like a timer on your phone. Set it for 15 minutes. Turn your phone upside down, and just don't vow to not touch it until the alarm goes off. You know, and just start to kind of break it up into little chunks. So that was why I started working on my closet oh, yeah. on Saturday and I got really overwhelmed. So I'm like, I'm going to do the bathroom because then <laughs> I've, I felt some success. You know, yeah, you have to yeah. feel some success. Yeah. So I'm like, this space is amazing. And so now I'm like all motivated. So. Okay. So we were talking about clear uh, plastic containers that don't have lids. Throw those away, uh, costume jewelry. You can't stand. I think that needs to be next beyond my list. Cause I have a bunch of that, but like yeah. I don't wear, so why don't I have it? Um, unidentifiable leftovers I did that over the weekend too why well, not? you don't really like
2: no we if it's in our refrigerator more than like four or five days yeah it's out
1: who's in charge of throwing it out uh I am you are yes do you label date, initial, rotate nope. like they teach you in nope. the restaurants?
2: I just say, "Hey, trash day is coming on Thursday. Yep. Do you plan on eating this?" And Tony's like, "Oh, it's it's fine. It's the it's covered. The lid's on there." I'm like, "No, <laughs> no. throw it
1: away. It's going away." Uh, well, I have some stuff in the freezer. I always think I don't need to label it. I don't remember what that is. No, I have no idea. Disturbing. Um, and this is stuff that you need to. D- you're going to have to do at some point if you move. And I promise you, you're going to move at some point. So stay up on top of it. Um, office supplies. Piles of office supplies. I'll tell you what I stress out about: freaking paper clips. I have more paper clips than I ever know. If anybody out there needs paper clips, just hit me up. I'll send you an envelope full of paper (laughs) clips. It's ridiculous. Okay, Uh, I I have them here at the office, and like every time something gets dropped off of me and dropped off from me here in the office, they paper clip it to something.
2: No, you need to. No, you need to make a paper clip
1: uh chain i know do i it. i, yeah, I let's something do it. it
2: would like cover it's <laughs> insane
1: it's out of control i don't know it stresses me out too because i can't throw them away you know you can't throw paper clips away those are like solid pieces of some you know it's metal mm-hmm. it's 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 not ephemeral it's a thing it's, yeah yeah i struggle with paper clips a lot um uh, old phones and technology I struggle with that too. I have an old laptop, I don't know what to do with.
2: Well, You gotta find someone that, that you trust to make sure that it's wiped clean clean. Right? Yes. <laughs> I'm so
1: old that now I'm like I might just take the sledgehammer to it when I'm having a really bad day and just yeah. I had an old iPad and I found out that um, Boys and Girls Club were using them. They were downloading um, chess apps because their kids were learning chess Mm -hmm. and so they were using these apps to like practice and stuff Uh, and i figured out all by myself how to like wipe it clear and so i was able to donate to the boys and girls club i hope it's clear are you sure okay Okay, there's nothing like things like yarn your phone my phone not like that wow Uh, (laughs) and then here is the last one that this list uh of 50 had uh things to throw out friends that exhaust you Oh, that's easy. I don't have any friends. <laughs> you don't have any friends? Friends exhaust you. But definitely, you know, on social media, highly mm-hmm. recommend unfollow um, them. You don't have to unfriend them, but unfollow them. Uh, I don't know how many people complain about so-and-so and what they're posting, and there's an easy solution to that, so... Anyways, all right, I guess we should talk about real estate since that's why we're here, right? That's probably why people tuned in. Declutter your life. Uh, so I've been in real estate for 10 years, as we know, uh, and every year has been really, really different. Uh, and I feel like this year's been even more different uh, One of the challenges of a realtor is how do you change with the changing market? Right. I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. The realtors who don't survive are the ones who can't adapt each year. Um, but with this year, it's been challenging to figure out how to best advise clients because it has been so different. You know, we're all trying to figure out how it works. I know you've heard me say this before. How, how high above list price do we have to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, one of the big ones now in, in our county, in Monroe County, in Bloomington, Indiana, we actually die off in July. So we're coming up on that July. Is it going to slow down? I don't know. Are we going to see the usual um, ebbs and flows, and you know, peaks mm-hmm. and valleys, or is it going to be just crazy all year long? I I don't know. I mean, I'd like to. I have some guesses, but I don't know for sure. Um, what else is important in negotiations? You know, this year we're negotiating more. Um, you know, more earnest money, or you know, we're looking at financing differently. Mm-hmm. How can I, as a realtor, how can I ensure a smooth transaction for my seller or my buyer? Because that's really my ultimate goal. Um, I'm just not, you know, I'm not sure. We're doing the best we can, and I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job of it. But, uh, you know, one of the things we're seeing more and more is that transactions are falling apart before closing. Have you seen that more?
2: I have. I'm sitting here thinking. I know, like, I when when you're talking on this topic, I'm thinking of all the challenges that the lender has as well. Mm-hmm. You have fewer people wanting to come in and meet face to meet face to face when you can clearly tell that might be the best option for you know a person, but uh, they're slow at getting the documents in. So mm-hmm. I always wait. I always carry that anxiety that okay. I can't get them to move fast enough. This is going to delay the closing. The realtor is going to be upset, and you know all these people are going to be upset. Um, but and you're seeing that more. I see. I'm yeah. seeing that a lot more. Yeah. And I'm trying to work through that and yeah. just. And some of that's a that product go. of the market. Like I got to go now, 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 now.
1: Some of it's a product of sort of. I'm not going to say generational. I'm certainly not going to blame any of this on generations. But it's a product of, you know, our culture moving towards more electronic and less face-to-face. They feel like they don't need to come in face-to-face. But I know for us, it's often important because we need to look in their eyes and make sure they understand. (laughs) Make sure they're really hearing us and understanding what we need them to do to have a successful transaction. Um, I'm definitely finding that, you know, I have sellers I've never met in person. And that, that can definitely be tricky. Um, but I discovered in doing a little bit of research that this isn't just a local phenomenon, that there's more transactions falling apart prior to closing. It's actually uh, kind of happening all over. Uh, and there was an article in Forbes just recently that I wanted to kind of read through a little bit, you know, sort of to prove my point and say, this is a show for everyone. This isn't just a show for Bloomington, Indiana. You know, this is a show for all the major metropolitan areas. But I have to digress in a second, as usual, not shocking at all, because as I was reading this article, there was a line in here that I about had a heart attack over, because it's completely, in my opinion, completely inaccurate. And I thought, gosh, you know, this is what happens. People read these stories, and they get wrong information, and this (coughs) doesn't have to do with anything, except, I'm going to watch your expression on your face as we read this. Okay, they're talking about why deals fall apart. And they're talking about how a lot of first-time buyers use FHA
2: loans, okay?
1: And it says FHA, for example, does not like window air conditioning.
2: I know we're not supposed to have like dead silence on (laughs) air. I'm like speechless, right? This article from Forbes magazine says
1: leads one to believe that FHA will not finance a house that has window air conditioning. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because I just had a deal last week where the appraiser was like, I don't care about air conditioning.
2: Right, because that's that's considered a luxury. It's a
1: luxury. Yeah. Um, So anyways, I felt like I needed to uh, throw that out up front. So if you pull this article up, because most of the information in the article is pretty good, Um, but, you know, just... Take that as a general rule about the Internet. Double check that. Double and triple check your facts. Uh, The only time FHA would require uh, central air conditioning is if it was building code. And I'm not sure that even in the hottest of the hottest places in the United States, it's building code that you have to have central air.
2: I'm I'm not sure that that's even... So, anyways, okay,
1: I digress, but I read that and I about had a heart attack. So, um, a new report from real estate data and search site Trulia yeah cuz they're all, like owned by zillow cuz zillow owns anything but everything but uh, but anyways they measured how often homes returned to the market after an initial sales agreement had been reached they did this by tracking listings that moved from an active contingent or pending pending status back to for sale and they tracked it in the country's 100 largest metropolitan areas and i just i found this really interesting nationally 3.9% of sales failed in 2016 not a huge number but still significant enough you know you know 100 people four of them are going to have deals fall through right. but that was up 2.1 from 2.1% in 2005 so it nearly doubled 2015 sorry, sorry. 2015 right. thank you from 2015 to 2016 and nearly doubled um Fail rates are as low as 0.1% in some places, and no metro area has a rate above 10%, which is still kind of crazy high. However, the rate has been rising since Trulia began measuring in late 2014, which may point to shifts in the market. And you know, that's a lot of what real estate is. We're just looking for trends. So uh-huh. we eat numbers up like this, because we're like, oh, what's the trend? Uh, and we try to make decisions based on that. Um, and so we talked about how, it, then it boils the numbers down to first-time home buyers. Um, versus um, uh, repeat home buyers and how those statistics are different too. Um, and it's looking like, you know, in some markets it can be as high as 7, 8, uh, oh gosh, 12, 16%. Charleston, South Carolina, 16.5% of the starter home sales, like sales of starter homes, kind of at the lower third of the price mm-hmm. range, um, have failed. That's a pretty scary number. So you really need to be aware of why things fail, what you can do to try and prevent it, um, and how you react when it happens, and how you can kind of move through it. So we're going to talk about that more when we come back from break. We'll be right back. This is Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. <laughs>
0: Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com.
3: you with Arvin Vora Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety
0: You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: All right. So, one of the reasons... Um, oh, hi. I should... I just start talking. Yeah. Like, I should. I had some money this morning. You do a really good job of your show. And I'm like, I don't know. You didn't listen to last week, did you? <laughs> if you didn't listen to last week, I highly recommend that you tune in because at one point I was like um, having a side conversation. <laughs> And, and the engineer goes, uh, you know you're still live, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I'm authentic.
2: We lost our internet. Maybe we had issues.
1: Yeah. Now I'm authentic. But anyways, okay. So one of the, as I'm Deb tomorrow, we are talking today about, I'm just excited. I want to tell my story. Uh, we're talking today about what happens when a deal goes bad, uh, doesn't close, uh, what are the reasons it falls through, and how you can help um, keep that in perspective. So um, one of the reasons I'm talking about this show is that I had this, uh, gosh, it's been about a week and a half where I had a deal fall through. And I went over to talk to the sellers, and we were working on a new deal. It only took us about 24 hours to get another great offer in place. And so that was really a blessing that it all worked out. But I went over to talk to the seller, and I said to them, jokingly, because I think I'm funny, I was like, it's okay, I haven't lost anyone yet. (laughs) And I said, well, wait a minute, I guess that's not true, because I have had a couple sellers die. On me. And then they just got this look on their face like, what the heck is she? (laughs) I I was like, okay. Mm." So, uh, yeah. But my point was to kind of keep it in perspective and that it's probably not the end of the world, even though it may feel like it. The key is to move forward quickly, to not dwell and Certainly not try to force something. I've I've seen a lot of sellers try to do that. You know, mm-hmm. we're like, well, tell them this. Tell them that. You know what? If the buyer has made up their mind that they're not buying the house, as unfortunate as that is, you're probably going to be better off just moving on, learning from it and moving on. Get back on the horse. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Or my favorite Rocky quote, you know this quote, it's not about how hard you hit, but how hard you take a hit and keep moving forward. I have never seen a Rocky movie. I have not either. But I picked up this quote somewhere. Okay. And so, you know, and he's a badass, right? I don't know. It's a good quote. Uh, It's not about how hard you hit, but how hard you take a hit and keep moving forward. Um, So I could only come up with four reasons why deals fall apart. So that's pretty easy to deal with, right? There's only four reasons. Just four reasons. Just four reasons, reasons, right? Now, there's probably some other weird reasons out there because you know life. Mm -hmm. But the typical ones are financing, inspections, appraisal. And much rarer, but still happens, cold cold feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had deals fall apart because the property can't get clear title. I've had that happen a couple of times. Um, I've had things fall apart because someone dies. Uh, I've had the buyer disappear. Twice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just like sure.
1: disappeared.
2: Just was like done.
1: Done. No one ever heard from him. Buyer's agent had no idea where they
2: went. <laughs> Just gone. Um, I don't know if you've ever had any other weird... Just that people well, not anymore. I mean the, it only had to happen to me once and then I remind people. They went and purchased mm. all of their like appliances and yeah. all the furnishings right. but they got excited. Right. But the that, that new debt put them over the debt to income ratio and then right. Yeah. But that falls
1: under financing. It does. Yeah. So, let's exactly. talk about financing because this really is the big one. It's very common. And I would say most of the time it's avoidable, although the buyers do have to listen. Yeah. I and most, most buyers are pretty good at it. But they do get excited and so they forget. But So, what happens? Well, your financing can fall through for a million reasons. You know, the big one is that they're not pre-qualified. Um, but also, it could be that they change their jobs in the middle of the process. I had that once. Um Or the buyer, like you said, the buyer financed something after starting the loan application Mm -hmm. and it changed their credit picture or their credit changes for some other reason. I don't know if you've ever seen, I had one, oh gosh, this was years ago. And uh, the buyer had a student loan that was in deferment and it came out of deferment and he did not know it came out of deferment. And so it became a 30-day late before he realized it was out of deferment and he needed to pay it. Oh and that happened right before closing. And it hit his credit, and his credit score went down. And then they couldn't get it financed. It took six months. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the seller had already moved out, so we moved the buyers in thinking, because the lender at the time was like, ah, I'll just be 30 days or so. Yeah. Six months later. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was crazy. But we made it. Uh, we had a very sympathetic-ish Mm-hmm. Seller uh, in there. So, what I wanted to do today was talk about each one of these things and what happened. And I want to talk about the earnest money because that's a popular question. Well, do I get my earnest money back if or do I get to keep the earnest money? Mm-hmm. So you remember earnest money is the amount of money that the buyer puts down kind of as a deposit, um, shows the seller that they've got some skin in the game. And if they did just disappear in these situations that I had where the buyer just disappears, the the seller would get to keep their earnest money. Um, but in a lot of the, most of the situations we're talking about, the earnest money would go back to the buyer because we build in contingencies. So we say this transaction is contingent on the buyer's ability to get a certain kind of mortgage. And if they can't get that mortgage because their credit changes, even though it's the buyer's fault, they still get their earnest money back. And a lot of sellers don't really understand that. Uh, You know, honestly, at the end of the day, in terms of the earnest money, you know it's usually going to go back to the buyer. Um, it's rare. I've had a few on inspections where we've kind of fought it a little bit. Um, but like I said, typically there's a financing contingency. So that's the buyer's out where any of these financing issues. Um, and uh, unless you you know build in your offer, the seller could counter back and say earn his money non-refundable which I think as crazy as the market is, that might be something people are starting to do if you feel a little uneasy. Um, Just make sure you're following all of your, uh, on the buyer side, that you're following all of your inspection contingencies and timelines and things like that, that you're holding up your end of the bargain because that's what earnest money is about. You're holding up your end of the bargain. Um, So how do you prevent a deal falling through because of financing?
2: How do, are you, in general? How does
1: one, how does one, from a like a seller perspective.
2: From a seller perspective, I think that, you know, they should definitely ask for a pre approval mm-hmm. or pre qualification letter from mm-hmm. any potential buyer. And I don't know. I think in my in our market here, if I was selling my home, I would probably want to know that they're with using someone local. And reputable. I always reputable. Mm-hmm. And I always say that because uh, a lot of times, when they're out of state or they're online, which I'm sure they're fine, the closings get delayed. Yeah. And if I'm the seller and I have to relocate or take a new job or move and buy right. another house, I, right. I don't. I don't want any. Timing's key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget. This happened actually quite
1: recently with a buyer who had gotten pre-qualified for a VA loan and even made an offer on a home with another realtor. And then he came to me and we got our hands on him. And it turns out that he didn't even have enough. uh, He was, uh, I think a guard reserve Mm -hmm. and he didn't have enough service to qualify for a VA loan. But, Somebody wrote him a pre-qualification letter for a loan that there was no way he could get. So that's a little scary, too. Um, and I would say that that was probably an issue of not having a reputable lender. Um, so definitely a reputable lender for sure. So having a buyer pre-qualified, um, you know, I had a deal or I saw a deal last year. Um, if it's cash, you have the right as the seller to ask for, pre um, what's it called, uh, proof of funds. right. And you need to ask for that, and you need to see that. And even then, I mean, there's stuff that's going to happen. That's the whole point of the show. There is stuff that's going to happen. It's called life. (laughs) And so you got to kind of work through it. This one deal last year weren't my clients, but someone I knew. And the buyer's girlfriend got all excited about the the house they were buying for cash and went out and spent $20,000 online, uh, but paid in cash um, or bank transfer or whatever um, for furniture for the new house. And so they were $20,000 short for the cash purchase of the house of the furniture being delivered to the house, which they could not buy because they were short $20,000 and they were like begging, borrowing from like friends and relatives and trying to like sell a car and all kinds of stuff. And I think eventually the deal got done, but it was like, oh my gosh, right? You can't stuff happens. So you have to kind of, you know, move on. All right. Let's talk about inspections because that's the other biggie as to why things fall apart. Uh, You know, Obviously, in your contract as a buyer that's going to explain how you can cancel a deal if inspections come through. In Indiana, it defines what a major defect is. So it's a health and safety issue or something that shortens the lifespan of the home. Those are the reasons that you can con- cancel a contract. But it also says that you first have to give the seller a chance to make a repair to your satisfaction. That that gets a little tricky sometimes and I've certainly had some situations where I have felt like the buyer did not give the seller a chance to make a repair and we've kept the earnest money or we fought to keep keep the earnest money only a couple times Mm -hmm. Um, but that certainly can happen you know if you've got an old furnace but it works just fine. Is that a major defect? No. If it's an older home, you can't necessarily expect a new furnace. Those are the kinds of issues that we get into. Certainly there can be things like foundation issues that the seller can't afford to fix and then the seller's in in a bit of a pickle. Um, So, um, you know... What happens if you disagree on who gets the earnest money back or you disagree on what's reasonable or you disagree on uh, what's a major defect? Because that's sort of where we've okay. been sometimes. Like, well, I think a furnace, an old furnace is a major defect. And we say, no, it works and you have heat. So it's not a major defect. Um, you know, can you sue? Some people say, well, you can sue them. You can sue them to buy. It's called specific performance. You can sue them to force the buyer to buy the house. That's no fun. How long is that going to take you?
2: I wonder how many instances that's happened here. Yeah, and I don't, no, I don't I know. know of anyone
1: that's done it, and I don't know. I mean, I definitely know it's not worth it. <laughs> definitely not worth it. Um, but it is possible. Um, you know, if you're the seller, most of the times it's better to just move on if the buyer does not want to buy the house. I also believe it's kind of bad karma to make a buyer buy a house that they don't want to buy. You know, that that's just bad. But you know, you want everybody to be reasonable. As a seller, though, you take that opportunity and you learn from it. And that's really what's key is learn from it, move on. I had a deal a few years ago where I, we went through like three buyers because this, my seller, my seller, was being a little stubborn about the whole thing. And she was like, not like, mm-hmm. here's some issues. No, mm, no, that's not a problem. Okay, and it, it became a problem for the next buyer too. And it's like, you have got to fix these things if you want to sell the house. Okay. So learn from those opportunities uh, and, and move forward and get the house back on the market as quickly as possible. Also, pre-listing inspection is huge. Um, I've just negotiated a couple of deals where we had pre-listing inspections and we were able to negotiate in the purchase that there were no further inspections done. So we got through that inspection part right up front, which is really nice because you feel like it's clear sailing. All right, let's take one last break and then we'll talk about just a couple other reasons why deals fall through and what you should do if you run into that situation. So stick around, you're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate.
3: Are you interested in
0: buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit Today.
4: What makes a great leader? Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment—knowing that your authentic self works best—and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Variety.
3: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: All right, so we are back talking today about when deals go bad. I guess that's what we should have called this. I always come up with the good names by the end of the show and not like two days before when I send them to Rachel and say, here's what we're talking about in this week. When deals go bad, when good deals go bad, right? Um, So we've talked about um, inspections. We've talked about financing being two major reasons. Another reason that we see a lot less but every once in a while is the appraisal. And that's that the house either doesn't appraise for enough doesn't appraise for the purchase price or that it has condition issues that would keep the lender from approving the loan. And we talk about that a lot. Um, in that case, again, who gets to earn us money? Probably the buyer because there's usually an appraisal contingency uh, and a financing contingency that mm-hmm. says you don't have to buy the house if it doesn't appraise. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you can't get, if the appraisal doesn't, um, if the condition of the home doesn't uh, meet the appraisal standards, then the financing would fall through. So that would fall under the financing contingency. Um, how do you prevent that? Don't get greedy. Don't overprice the house. Um, you know, I hate to say, sometimes they say, well, they put a clause in that says you'll buy
2: it anyways. <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah, I've had
1: some people try it.
2: I've only had a buyer once where it came in a few thousand dollars less. Yeah, and it, there was no, nothing else wrong per se. I'm, yeah, I'm using air quotes, everyone. There wasn't yep. any other uh, anything wrong with the appraisal report itself, and they chose to go ahead and proceed. They had the funds to bring that money yep. to closing, and you know, do all uh, loans allow you to do that?
1: To bring the difference, or do some loans say nope if it doesn't appraise for the purchase price, no matter how much you're financing? No,
2: because for us as the lender, that'd be like a counter offer. Yeah. We would go back and say, okay, it came in at this amount. Okay. Now we can do the loan at this, this amount. Yes. Right. So if it's 90%, it's 90% of whatever it appraised yes, at. Okay. Yes.
1: So what about asking for a new appraisal?
2: <laughs> so we go Oh um, God, no, please no. We, I've never had success with that I've never seen success with that never uh, seen success a, a client would have to challenge it mm-hmm. they, they would have to provide comparables I mean the lender unfortunately has to stay out of it I don't know if on your side of things if someone has come to you and said can you help me find comparables to submit back to the lender um, I I'm, did once I've just did not once. I've just not seen any success yeah no I haven't either um what I have had success with
1: is starting over, so same buyer, change lenders, right. um, and then you get a new appraisal. You have to pay for yet another appraisal, but I've I've had success with that. You know, I've I've tell stories all the time. I had another one. This was probably seven years ago. The house appraised for we had it listed for like ninety something. It was down in Oolitic, Oolitic, Indiana. Does that like say Oolitic? O O L I T I C Oolitic. Oolitic. Uh, it, uh, we had it listed in the, in the 90s, and I think our offer was probably like 91 or something. Um, and the first appraisal came back at 74. <laughs> oh. And we are like, what the what? Right. And we tried to protest. I mean, we tried everything and could not get anything to go. The buyer really wanted the house. She went to a different lender. We had to start everything over again, and the appraisal came in just fine a few weeks later from a different appraiser.
2: yeah, I mean appraising. and and appraisals are independent opinions and yeah, and things and and it is hard to say why that huge discrepancy yeah. unless it's possible that the one appraiser's not familiar with our market. Yeah, that could also happen. Yeah. But- but and you know and that kind of goes to um, picking a buyer who with a
1: reputable lender because if you have a reputable lender they're going to make sure that they're using local appraisers who understand the market. Um, if you don't have a reputable lender they're bringing appraisers in from out of area sometimes and um, they don't know your market and so they may not make adjustments appropriately. But it happens. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of people. If you read message boards, people say, "Oh, my house didn't appraise." Everyone goes, "Oh, just appeal it or protest it or whatever." Good luck i've wasted a lot of my life trying to do that i'm kind of over it uh and then the other main reason that a deal falls apart is cold feet which is kind of crazy but you know what happens most buyers um it's mostly buyers they get cold feet although i did one time i had sellers have cold feet they weren't my sellers i had the buyers Mm -hmm. we did inspections came back just asked for a few things on inspections and the agent was like uh sellers don't want to sell anymore what like they just changed their mind I don't even know. Like, I don't think they sold any time in the near future.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah, that one kind of sucks. But, you know, and I suppose in that case, the buyer could have sued for specific performance. Say, so no, you have a contract to sell me the house. Yes, sell me the damn house. <laughs> uh, luckily, my buyers were pretty cool, and they were like, okay, I think they probably had a change of heart, too. Um, buyers can have those, the, a change of heart as well. And a lot of times with the buyers, it's because they get swept up in multiple offer situations and they have to decide quickly or feel forced. Even like a couple of weeks ago, I got an offer, uh, an offer on a property and then I got a second offer for multiple offers and we were trying to decide what to do. And literally I had the second offer in my hand for like 30 minutes. And the agent was like, um, they're going to rescind that. They changed their mind.
2: Oh, my God. And I was like,
1: that's insane. But then I also thought, thank you for doing it now. Sure. And not two days from now when we potentially kick the other offer to the curb, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my best advice there is don't pressure the buyer. You know, find ways to give people some time to digest Find ways to give them um, you know, a little bit of time where they're not feeling completely pressured because I think that's what probably happened with this offer I got a couple of weeks ago was that like, yeah, they had until noon, they looked at the house at 10 a.m. They had until noon to tell us if they wanted to make an offer or not. I literally got the offer in my email at 11.58 and they were like scrambling to do it. And I think they just felt too much pressure, too much you know, buyer's remorse. I always tell the story of this doesn't have anything to do with real estate, but My friend Lynn, this was years ago, she and her husband went to like Best Buy, and he bought a big screen TV, and he's super excited. She was standing outside somewhere in like a pickup area waiting for him to move the truck around so they could load it up. And there was a very famous radio person, Jimmy Mad Dog Matus, who was standing there. And my friend Lynn just like broke down in tears. And Jimmy Mad Dog Matus was like, what's going on there? And she's like, buyer's remorse like they just spent a lot of money on TV she had buyer's remorse and he would just kind of like patted her on the arm like okay this lady's crazy I don't know what to do but I mean people get that um, and so finding ways to uh, you know give them some space certainly um, helps in, in a earnest money situation when a buyer has cold feet um, usually the buyers look for another way out. They look to try and kill the deal through inspections or mm. maybe they'll go find finance something and ruin their credit. I don't know, but it doesn't happen a lot. But like I said, I mean, you're really, your best bet is to find ways to give, I know it gets exciting. We want to like pit people against each other to the death, uh, to try and drive that price up. Right. It's like Roman Coliseum, like fight it out and whatever. But In the end of the day, you know, people aren't going to feel good about that decision. They're going to second guess it. And I'll tell you, they got people talking in their ear saying, oh, did you do the right thing? Did you do the right thing? So give them some space. Um, So moral of the story, stay calm. Learn, 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 especially if something falls apart because of inspections. You learn from that. You pick yourself up. You move back. Move on. You get back on the horse. Use that law of attraction that we talk about, too. You know, pack up. Send out good vibes that you know, you'll you get another buyer if your deal falls through. Or if you're a buyer and your deal falls through, send out those good vibes that you're going to get another, you know, a great house and the perfect house. And as so many of my clients say all the time, you know, if, it, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And I think taking that stance really kind of helps you keep it in perspective. Um, and also as a seller, you know, one of the most important things is to keep going until closing. It's, and, you know, I always say it's not over till the title company lady sings. So keep going. Look for backup offers, especially in today's market. Backup offers are really, really key. Um You know, try to negotiate things up front, disclose any defects, just keep moving and keep making things happen. Uh, And uh, uh, like I said, I haven't lost anyone yet except those two poor people that I did lose. All right. So I'm going to, I was going to talk about backup offers today, but I guess maybe we'll talk about that next week Uh, because I want to repeat my Rocky quote, which was, Uh, it's not about how hard you can hit You look at me like this, doesn't know. Listen, I want you to listen, Linda. Listen, 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 (laughs) Linda. It's not how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. There you go. That's what success and that's what strength is, okay?
2: Insane. So
1: there you go. There's your word of wisdom. Go tell one other person that today and I will have accomplished my mission. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will be back again next week. Uh, Same time, same place uh, with Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate.
0: Thank you for tuning into Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.